You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. If you're new to crypto, it can be really confusing to try to understand what all these different cryptocurrencies do. Are there different use cases? Are the ones with the best memes the most important? This video is part of my beginner's guide to using crypto every day. And in this episode, I'll give you an introduction to some different types of cryptocurrencies and how they might fit into your everyday life. Now, it's a good thing to keep in mind that a lot of these assets were not trying to just be different cryptocurrencies. They were trying to be materially different assets that did different things. Different cryptocurrencies are optimized for different purposes. You might be looking for the most private payment method or the fastest or something most likely to be accepted at your grocery store. Or you might be wanting to access the world of DeFi and participate in the myriad of decentralized loan, interest and synthetic stock options out there. Or perhaps you're just looking for a store of value so that your savings don't get inflated away. Obviously, there are far too many cryptocurrencies to cover in a single episode, but here is a small selection that I use every day for different purposes. Did you invite Tom and Stacey to dinner on Friday? I did. Why did you do that? Tom only talks about Bitcoin. Let's start with Bitcoin, the grandfather of cryptocurrency, where it all began. Bitcoin started out as a dream of cypherpunks who wanted a money that wasn't controlled by anyone, was borderless, permissionless, and uncensorable. Someone named Satoshi Nakamoto was the first person to finally get the ball over the net with the creation of Bitcoin. And it's since grown into a favorite new investment for big institutional players. JP Morgan is preparing to offer a Bitcoin fund to its wealthy clients. Citigroup and Goldman Sachs now the third with plans to offer Bitcoin trading to clients. Over the past year, the price of Bitcoin has surged as more and more institutional players get involved. Why is it that Bitcoin has become so attractive? The money supply is up 40% in like 14 months. That's a scary number. Former comptroller of the currency, Brian Brooks, points out that this is a level of spending and money printing we've never seen before. Savings accounts are seeing their money disappear thanks to inflation. Inflation of the money supply is a problem because the more money that's printed, the less it becomes worth. In contrast, there is a fixed supply of Bitcoin. It can't be debased. The counterinflationary value of Bitcoin hasn't yet been seen. We're only seeing it now for the first time. So many large institutions and companies are now adding Bitcoin to their Treasury Reserve assets. Tesla is buying $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. MicroStrategy continues to buy Bitcoin, now holding around 91,000 of the darn things. Only I'd rather have Bitcoin than a bond. Bitcoin is not the most private cryptocurrency out there, nor is it the fastest nor cheapest by a long shot. For these reasons, it's actually evolved away from being used as a currency for making everyday purchases and has instead become very popular as a store of value, like digital gold. Bitcoin can and will deliver the virtues of strong money the gold idealists have long hoped for. So what is good for everyday purchases? Let's start with Dash. Its name is a blend of digital cash. And when I make purchases every day, like for groceries or gas, Dash is one of the most frequent currencies that I use. Dash payments are cheap to send and instantaneous, automatically confirmed using the Masternode system. Whereas Bitcoin's open ledger shows a clear transaction history for anyone who looks at the blockchain, Dash has an interesting opt-in coin mixing feature that provides what is called by the community consumer-grade privacy. The history of your coins becomes obscured among 
amongst a bunch of different transactions, which is a great step towards financial privacy. The Dash community focuses on merchant adoption and remittance markets in places like South America. Venezuelans have experienced hyperinflation for years, which has gutted savings and made everyday transactions nearly impossible. Dash has become a popular option for many merchants there. Dash has another interesting feature called a DAO, which is like a community fundraising tool that can be used for development or marketing fundraising. It's great because it means that there's built-in support for the continued development of the coin. There are some skeptics of the system who would argue that it's difficult to pass proposals that go against the existing development team, but in general I think it's a really cool feature and has led to some awesome projects being funded. Another currency that I use frequently for daily transactions is Bitcoin Cash. It's widely accepted in crypto-friendly places like New Hampshire and Townsville, Australia, which have all kinds of physical stores accepting it as a form of payment. My favorite website that accepts Bitcoin Cash is purse.io, where you can get up to 33% off Amazon purchases by using Bitcoin Cash. They also accept Bitcoin on the site, but the fees can be quite high to send Bitcoin. And with Bitcoin Cash, they're next to nothing. While I'm hesitant to ever make a payment less than six or seven dollars in Bitcoin because it will cost me more than that to spend those funds, with Bitcoin Cash I can send pennies because it costs almost nothing. This is great for microtransactions, which has made it a popular coin on social media platforms. A Medium clone called Read.Cash, where you get tipped for your blog. A Twitter clone called Memo.Cash, where you get tipped for your tweets. An Instagram clone called Noise.Cash, where you get tipped for your photos. They also have a kick Kickstarter-like platform called Flipstarter, where you can crowdfund projects using a special smart contract on Bitcoin Cash. You only get the money if you reach your goal, otherwise the donations are returned to the senders. It's a great way to fundraise without a company like Kickstarter or Patreon taking a big chunk of what you raise. Last year I hosted a crypto walking tour in Australia, and there's a dividend tool that came in really handy. I gave every participant a Bitcoin Cash Layer 2 token, called an SLP token, and then was able to use the dividend tool someone had created to airdrop Bitcoin Cash into every wallet that contained one of these tokens, giving participants crypto to spend on the tour. It was pretty slick. I have no idea how you would do something like that with an app like Venmo or PayPal. Unlike Dash, there is no built-in privacy mixing service, but the Bitcoin Cash community has built a tool called Cash Fusion. Cash Fusion is like CoinJoin, but usually coin joins can only be done in set denominations. You must mix 10, 100, 1000 coins at a time for example. Cash Fusion allows you to mix any amount of coins, and also mixes them in a way so that analytics companies can't tell that the coins have been mixed. You use this tool through the Electron Cash Wallet, and I can keep it running for a week in the background on my computer, continually mixing coins, and only pay a penny in fees. Financial privacy is so tremendously important, and is really lacking in many crypto projects. Mixing and cash fusion options are a tremendous start, but I want more. So if you're like me and looking for the most robust privacy options for your purchases, privacy coins like Monero and Zcash might be better choices. Monero seems to be the most popular privacy coin on dark markets. It uses different methods to create relative anonymity such as ring signatures, stealth addresses, bulletproofs, and IP obfuscation, all by default. 
Ring signatures hide the sender of the transaction along with the transaction amounts. Stealth addresses are unique one-time addresses that hide a transaction's recipient. Bulletproofs reduce the transaction size, which can mean lower fees and faster confirmation times. Transaction broadcasting is done in such a way as to muddy these transactions to a device's internet provider. It alternates between limiting node communications and flooding nodes with transactions. Zcash is another privacy coin that's not as widely used as Monero, but is highly acclaimed by cryptographers and privacy experts. Zcash, I have said repeatedly, uh, really does the best in this space. It uses something called zero-knowledge proofs, which enables Zcash users to send money to each other without putting information on the blockchain, such as the amount sent or the address of the sender or recipient. Transactions are not private by default. Zcash users can choose whether they want their transactions to be shielded or not by using either an address beginning with the letter T, which stands for transparent, or an address beginning with the letter Z, which means it's shielded. All Zcash addresses are interoperable, but some wallets choose not to support certain types of addresses. All of this will also be made a lot easier when they roll out their new unified address system. While some people say that the opt-in privacy of Zcash makes the privacy of the system weaker, others argue that it's a feature, not a bug, because it's allowed Zcash to remain on many exchanges. While many privacy coin alternatives have been delisted, it's because of this opt-in privacy that Zcash is still quite easy to get hold of. Zero knowledge is considered by many to be the gold standard for privacy. And you're seeing a lot of other coins start to implement zero-knowledge proofs for their chains too. Zcash has built-in tools for funding development. These were only meant to last for four years, but in early 2020, the community voted to reinstate them as a way of continuing to make the project sustainable. Since then, they've set up a grant committee that's controlled by voting from the community, called Zomagod. Zom? Zomg? Z? Z-O-M-G. Z, oh my god. Z called ZOMG that invests in projects around Zcash. Privacy coins are an essential part of my day-to-day -day living, and I wish that they were more widely accepted. In a world where the government wants access to every financial action you take, simply using privacy coins could be considered shady activity. But this is a narrative that we must push back against, because financial privacy is not only important, but it's essential for a free society. The final area of day-to-day -day crypto usage I want to touch on is DeFi. One of the biggest trends of the past year has been this explosion in so-called decentralized finance. The original spark of decentralized finance, or DeFi, came from Ethereum, which has allowed anyone to access all kinds of financial tools without gatekeepers, middlemen, or censors. You might want to take out a loan or earn interest on your savings, perhaps invest in a synthetic token that mimics stock prices, or use a prediction market, or purchase a digital collectible known as an NFT. You can now do all of this in a completely decentralized way, thanks to this explosion of decentralized services within the Ethereum community. And now, there are lots of other blockchains developing their own DeFi tools too. One downside of the Ethereum network is that in order to use it, you have to pay something called a gas fee, which is basically a transaction fee for sending Ether or Ethereum-based tokens. But as the Ethereum network has exploded in popularity, we're seeing tens and hundreds of thousands of decentralized transactions. So have these gas fees, which make some of the awesome tools 
schools on Ethereum cost prohibitive. The community is tackling this problem in a myriad of ways, such as building Ethereum 2.0. Scalability is already here and it's going to be here in spades when we release uh, Ethereum 2. In the meantime, there are a lot of other interesting platforms trying to pick up the slack. We are indeed experiencing a revolution in decentralized finance. The final project I'll mention in the DeFi space is ThorChain, a completely decentralized exchange between any cryptocurrencies. In a world where 99.99% .99 of all native Bitcoin trading happens via centralized and custodial exchanges, the promise of a permissionless world of cryptocurrency hasn't been fully realized. Realized. But now we have tools like ThorChain, which enables you to trade freely without KYC intermediaries or custodians. It's fueled by a token called Rune, but you don't actually have to even touch Rune in order to use the system. Rune is working under the hood without you even realizing it's working. This system is a must in your everyday life if you're looking for a decentralized way to exchange Ethereum for Zcash, for Dash, for Bitcoin, or anything else. There are so many really exciting innovations in the crypto world that are worth your attention. Filecoin is fueling the world of decentralized storage. MakerDAI is a stablecoin that's completely decentralized. You can use many of these in your everyday life and we've only touched on a handful, but hopefully it's enough to get you started. There is also a lot of noise out there and plenty of people trying to scam you out of your money. So please be careful. Make sure you understand exactly what you're getting into before buying anything. But go and explore this exciting new world of cryptocurrency where innovation is moving at breakneck speed and we no longer have state monopolies. It's definitely an exciting time to start learning about programmable decentralized money. To watch the video version of this episode, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute, or Library.io. Hey, I'm a Bitcoin, and I'm a